1: Welcome to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell it out F I V E. ReasonsSports.com. There you can get all of the latest South Florida sports content for free. Also, all of our podcasts that includes not just Five on the Floor, but Five Rings, Canes, Lightskin Opinions, Balls Cast, Shula Ball Podcast, Three Yards Per Carry, Fantasy on Five, and more. And our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. We're up to 2,900 subscribers there. Get us to 3000 It doesn't cost you anything. We've got a bunch of new shows that are going up there, including a soccer show, 90 Minutes Strong, which just started and loaded bases, a baseball show, which may actually start before the baseball season ever does. I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We've got a lot of them here on our network, but one of them is You Break It, wheel fix it's a wheel repair and remanufacturing company they do powder coating for custom color changes on wheels if you're tired of your wheels give your car a new and refreshed look by powder coating them a new color yes you can do the vice colors and they're coming out with dolphin colors too are your wheels faded and scratched renew them with their in-house wheel refinishing that's you break it wheelfix.com it's not w-e-l-l it's w-h-e-e-l i should be spelling that out for people you can also repair damaged wheels that are curbed bent or cracked they've got 15 years of experience mark uh, runs this company right there in north miami He's a huge miami sports fan the code for 10 off four wheels is five reasons wheels that's five reasons wheels the phone number three oh five 748 112 That's 305 748 or you break wheelfix.com. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor,
0: a Miami Heat and NBA podcast. from Ethan Skolnick with Alban Sydney, aka Alp 954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. i got Alex Toledo. We've got a bunch of topics we're kind of lining up because we're expecting the NBA to come back this week. Looks like the players have gotten over a lot of their concerns or at least the majority of them want to play. That was Brian Windhorst's report today, and we're expecting maybe in the next 48 hours that there will be an announcement that the players are engaged in this. So definitely check out those episodes that we're going to be putting out here over the next week. Also, we're expecting the schedule in three or four days, and there's an episode we want to do revisiting uh, the trade, that the big trade that the Heat made earlier this season, right before the break. And as we know, it had kind of uh, mixed results there with Justice Winslow not playing for Memphis, but Andre Iguodala taking some time to fit in with the Heat while Jay Crowder was able to fit in pretty well. But what we're going to do today, Alex and I are going to go back and check out the 2019 draft. Why? Because the one-year anniversary is June 20th, which also happens to be like V-Day in Miami Heat history. The Heat have won as many championships on the date of June 20th as the New York Knicks have won in their 74-year history. Um, they've won two titles on that date, and they also drafted Tyler Hero last year. And if you remember, and a lot of you probably want to forget this, it was not a popular pick. Uh, as soon as the pick came out, I did a poll, had like 5,000 votes on five reasons sports, And it was basically 75-25 to hating the pick. Riley is washed. Who is this white dude? He's Kyle Korver. He's uh, Nick Stauskas. I think that was a popular one. He'll never even be J.J. Redick. And then all of a sudden, as the season progressed, and he showed big balls hitting the shot against Philadelphia, won over Heat fans with his personality, All of a sudden, it flipped totally the other direction. So, Alex, you and I are going to go back through the 2019 draft and look at who was picked ahead of Tyler, but also who was picked behind Tyler. And quite frankly, did the Heat overdraft him? Did they draft him in the right spot? Or did they get lucky and take him later than he should have gone? So, you ready? We're going to go through this list. Um, Zion. I think yeah. the Pelicans made the right pick, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Something tells me they wouldn't, uh, you know, change their pick if there was a redraft.
1: Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Zion missed a bunch of the season, but I mean, he averaged 24 games, seven rebounds. I was a just about assists. to
0: say, like, did you know he averaged 24 already? I didn't I, even realize I, I, how productive he was in, those little, in the little time he did play.
1: And shot 59% from the field and 46% from three. Mm-hmm. Um not on high volume, but, but still, and, you know, just playing those 19 games and, you know, he looked um, dominant at times and he hasn't really developed all that much of it yet. It's just with him. The only question is, can he stay healthy, but he's going to be the best player in this draft. We knew that he was a player. It was worth tanking for. Uh, I, I trust David Griffin to put players around him. I think whether drew holidays there or not, they'll get an asset for him. And, you know, they've got pretty good young core, around him to build. So that worked out pretty well. John Morant, Memphis, uh, likely Rookie of the Year. Mm -hmm. Some of his numbers stuck out to me, man. Um, Shot 49% as a point guard, as a rookie. Um, That's hard to do. Uh, It's also
0: be a really good facilitator right off the bat.
1: Seven assists, um, three and a half rebounds, 77% from the line, 49%, like I mentioned, 37% from three. And the biggest thing is he had Memphis in a playoff spot. There was nobody. We can talk about OKC and what the predictions were for OKC, and nobody thought they were going to make the playoffs either. It was like less than 1%. But Memphis was lower. Definitely. I mean, and and they're, they're, as of right now, I mean, the NBA is trying to get them out of it by this playing tournament, but they're in a playoff spot. So I, if you redraft this thing, Zion won, two, right?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Those, those are the guys I think we could easily say, you know, that's the, the, the top tier of this draft for sure just above the rest by by a good amount
1: all right so let's look at number three and this is where things get complicated we've talked a lot on the podcast over time about how it matters sometimes who drafts you Mm -hmm. and that certain players go certain places and they're not as productive as they would be if they went to a better program well rj barrett was considered to be the second best player on duke last year Uh, it was not a surprise he was picked in the top three was he was to, to go number Knicks. one
0: before Zion had uh, that year in Duke. He was exactly. He R- number
1: one prospect. RJ was the number one prospect. He goes to New York. We know it's a bleep show. He shot 40% from the field, 32% from three, average 14, five, and three. So, I mean, the, the counting numbers were fine. Um, what do you think? I watched him a bunch this year. And I I don't really know what his position is. I, am I missing it? I I feel like I I don't know if they're capable of figuring it out eh, in New York. I don't,
0: I don't think that's a problem. I think he he's to me he's an obvious uh, wing. You know a two who you can play at at three for stretches of the game if you want to go like a two guard lineup alongside. I think that's pretty much the Roy's going to be. He's going to be a score the score maybe like the. Third playmaker. I just think that situation, not only because of the Knicks being such a trash organization in general, but the roster, right? Like, there, there's some sense for why the, you know we know all the jokes about them signing a million power forwards or whatever. But at least they signed those guys to short contracts so they could have free agency and, and have mm-hmm. cap space to do nothing again in free agency in a couple of years. But that roster, the fit with RJ Barrett is just horrible. His his best uh, his best uh, player. On the Knicks is, is Julius Rander, who is basically power forward R.J. Barrett. Right. And it's just like right. they have no playmakers to set him up. They have – you know, there's no really like – who's their defensive anchor? The, the second-year forward – I mean, second-year big man Mitchell Robinson. Like, yeah, there's just – And Mitchell, Robinson, Mitchell
1: Robinson is one of those guys that got gets oh, – he's a nice story, but he gets overrated because he's in New York. Uh, there's been so many of those guys through the years, and you're like, okay, on another team, he's a guy. I mean, he's he's fine. But they made get, him out to be this a lot of cult shots. here. He blocks a lot of shots, but he doesn't. I mean, there's nothing else really to his game. And but in New York, this all gets blown up. Uh, let's just look at this on the surface. If if you were to say right now, RJ Barrett, Tyler Hero, level playing field. Okay, not one guy goes to an elite organization and the other guy goes to a trash organization. RJ Barrett's more talented than Tyler, right? Are we in agreement on that?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's weird because talent can kind of mean can be a little bit vague if we're not talking about specific things. Because like, Hero is advanced in as, as far as uh, you know dribbling moves and timing, right? Like uh, you see how advanced he is when it ha- anything that has to do with the jumper, or like he knows exactly when to fake, exactly when to step back. He has all of those things that people usually learn through after years in the NBA, where I feel like RJ doesn't. Mm-hmm. But RJ just because of his build. I think his athleticism—you know—he's touted. He was always touted as the number one prospect. I think he, just because of that, I I still in my head have him as somebody with the higher ceiling, which should make me want to take him. It makes me say that he's more talented. But from what we saw this season, Hero was Mm -hmm. the guy who was who was more advanced.
1: Yeah, I think if R.J. Barrett was drafted by the Heat, how much would he have played this year?
0: I think it would have been a similar role now obviously not role as far as using him as a shooter but uh mm. minutes wise he would have been playing i, I think a similar amount as a hero. it just would have been an awkward role for sure
1: it would have been an awkward role with jimmy i mean T- tyler is a better fit with jimmy right
0: rj as off the bench coming off of jimmy would have been would have been pretty cool uh they probably could but, have kept Goron in the starting lineup if they wanted to i mean i don't know right there's they were never going to get R.J., but I think people would definitely still say R.J. has a, the higher ceiling just because of his, his ability to attack the basket. He got a little bit better as a playmaker as the season mm-hmm. went on. Got a slightly better as a defender, too. Has a, a physical profile, somebody who could be a really good defender as well. Uh, he, the guy is just a good scorer. As far as what we saw this season, he's basically just – what he showed this season, not that he's going to be the first of his, mm-hmm. of his career, is very much like a DeMar DeRozan type of skill set.
1: Right. And if he turns out to be that, that'll be pretty good. All right, let's go to number four, uh, drafted by the Lakers, but didn't end up there. DeAndre Hunter ended up playing his first season uh with a really young team in Atlanta. And I'm looking at the numbers here. Um, you know, shot forty one percent from the field, thirty-five percent from three, averaged twelve points, uh five rebounds. I mean, the the Hawks didn't defend anybody and lost a lot. Do you like him? Do you like him there? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh Another he was another guy who hero was definitely better than this year. And I think we're going to be saying that for most of the guys here, right? Because hero was widely touted as a top five rookie of the year candidate. But DeAndre Hunter is the you know the the three and D guy. I think he was a great pick for the Hawks. He he's obviously not going to be an elite defender right away, and he wasn't. But just the fact that he you know he put up a solid twelve points. Uh, shot decent, almost thirty six percent from three, and that that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a three and D forward who can guard other forwards, switch onto guards. I think that's somebody who's going to be good. Maybe they drafted him a little high, mm-hmm. but but I think they knew that he was going to be good. I if, if there was a redraft, I think this is this one is I would really consider taking Hero over him though, just because of what I said before of how advanced Hero is and some of these offensive things, and, and and his personality too, where the confidence just kind of propels him. A, a, right of the competition to other people, his age, basically.
1: Well, and I think that's the other thing we got to discuss is some of these guys that go to teams that have all young players like Atlanta, right? Where their two best players are really young and they're going to lose a lot and they don't really have an established organization. One of the things is these guys get used to losing and they develop bad habits and they also lose confidence. Whereas a guy like Tyler comes to Miami and he's given confidence by veteran guys who've succeeded
0: to stack on top of his own confidence already To stack
1: on top of his own confidence where guys like Goran and Jimmy, you know, basically validate him. I mean, his numbers with, with Goran this year, offensively were terrific. Like that, you know, I mean, it's totally different when they were playing separately, but those guys validated him. And so, yeah, the confidence builds upon where they were and you also are winning in the process of it. Whereas some of these organizations you go and you're going to lose. This is always the problem with drafting. This is why the heat never wanted to do this. You draft too many young guys at the same time. I go back to like the Clippers years and years and years ago where they had Odom and Darius miles and Quentin Richardson and Keon dueling, right? They had like, four or five young guys in a row who were top five picks even it's this a clipper thing but like years and years and years before that they had danny manning and kenny norman all these guys who were like big time college players that were there at the very same time and they didn't get good until ron harper was traded there but typically when a lot of the young guys are there at one time they're just all developing the same bad habits and they don't really know how to they don't really know how to like live in the NBA, the travel, everything else that comes with it, the money, they don't have anybody to guide them. And so for guys like, that's why those organizations, they got to flip some of those young players because otherwise it doesn't work very long. Let's go to an up. And there's another team that that typifies. This is why lottery teams stay lottery teams. Darius Garland goes fifth to Cleveland out of Andy. Shot 40% from the field, 35% from three. I played a lot of minutes this year, 31 minutes next to Sexton, who actually Sexton, like, blew up the last month of the year yeah like I mean he looked like a bust and then he blew up the last month of the year um is I mean first thing can that backcourt work in Cleveland long term and what did you think of Garland
0: no I don't think first for the first question I definitely don't think that backcourt can work long term I mean if you're just trying to depend on it as your foundation and and if you're if you're penciled into that right if you're so sure that you want to play these guys as your backcourt foot Going forward, I don't like that at all. Maybe you could have a, you know, one of them starting, one of them off the bench or staggering them. But I just don't think having two small guards and Sexton's bigger than than Garland. But neither of them are great playmakers, which is a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think, uh, I don't think Sexton will get to that point. I think he's always going to be kind of like a shooting guard in a point guard's body. As far as his his playmaking is is kind of limited. I don't think he has that. I think Garland can get there. I think he has the type of like the guy just keeps the ball on a string. It's very like Kyrie-esque. It's, and it's crazy mm-hmm. the Cavs drafted him because super similar profile. Not yep. Not necessarily physically because Kyrie's a little bigger. Mm-hmm. But you watch like young Garland versus young Kyrie and they're almost the same type of player where they're just extremely advanced with the dribble moves. And you're like, okay, that's what's going to take this guy to the next level because if you can just get around all types of defenses, even if you're small and bad defense, people are going to have to account for you. And so I think Garland... I might still take him in a redraft over hero. I maybe not. I might not, but I just, I just think that he has the, the, the ceiling of maybe a Kemba type of mm. maybe somebody who you can never really count on for defense, but who could just be a, a, a real, real problem on offense who just be, be a perennial 20 points per game scorer. I might still take hero over him, but uh, I, I do like Garland. All
1: right, let's go to the next five a little bit quicker. All right. Jarrett Culver, Kobe White, who ended up with the Bulls, or was with the Bulls. Jackson Hayes, drafted in Atlanta slot, but ended up in New Orleans. Uh, Hatch, uh, Hachimura with Washington. Played pretty well against the Heat this year. And Cam Reddish, who I, I thought made some strides after looking to me like a bust early in the season. Another of those situations. Another, another young player to Atlanta with no veterans on the team except you know 40-year-old Vince Carter. Any of those guys, Culver, Culver played the least, I think, out of all these guys, played 24 minutes. No, Jackson Hayes played 17 minutes. Kobe White played 26. Hatchimura played 30. I mean, none of these teams were very good, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Kobe got a lot of shots up. I mean, he shot 39% from the field. Reddish shot 38% from the field. I mean, these are pretty much all bad teams. New Orleans shouldn't have been bad, but obviously with Zion being out, they were. Any of those five guys, do you still take ahead of Tyler Hero? Culver, White, Hayes, Hachimura, Reddish.
0: If there is one, it's Jared Culver, and he's the highest one left from the group you mentioned. But I was high on him before the draft. I just, I just think he's a he's a guy who could really be a two uh, a, a nice two way three and D guard who can do some playmaking as well. I think he's he's not as big as Hunter, so he's he's a three and D two or a three. Uh, DeAndre Hunter is a three slash four almost, but uh. Culver, I think, is really talented, and his his uh, shooting splits weren't great, but I think he's going to be a really good defensive player for years to come, and has more to his game as a pick and roll creator. I think that was that's the one guy, just because of his two way capabilities. I think I might take over Hero, but even then, like Hero, probably is going top six, top five in this draft. If I were to do a redraft, maybe.
1: Well, that's what it's looking. That's why I wanted you to do this. That's what it's looking like. I mean, Jackson Hayes. It's hard to tell because again, he didn't get the only
0: other one. Sorry, I didn't mean
1: to You're going to say Mirror, right?
0: No, I mean I I do like Rui. I think he he kind of proved a lot of people wrong including me. I didn't love him going into the draft, but he was productive. I would still take Hero just cuz I think Hero is already so advanced whereas or, or Rui has more to learn and I don't really know what his ceiling could be. I don't really have any type of expectation for that. But the other guy is PJ Washington. He who had a great rookie year for Well, the no, no,
1: no. D- don't get to him yet. We're not we're not at him yet. So we're 6 through <laughs> 10. Culver, White, Hayes, See, I, Kobe White to me again, bad organization. He's nice, uh, he's nice but I just I, he's gonna. It's gonna be a is volume. He, who's thing he gonna learn
0: from? Who, Chris right. Well,
1: the, well, that's that's the problem, right? I mean, and you see, many of these guys start to bust out. Do you think Cam Reddish is a long-term starter in the NBA?
0: He could be. Uh, if I had to make a prediction, yeah, just because I think there's so much there for him to work with. He just he, you know, he has there's there's problems though because a lot of the stuff is like IQ based, and it's just like if. You know, it could really go either way with him. I, I, he's one of those all or nothing guys. I feel like I think Kobe White is going to be good. Maybe, maybe he'll be, you know, one of those six man point guards who comes in and brings brings a little bit of scoring and, and playmaking. Because I just don't know if he. Maybe he could be a starting point guard at his best. He, he's good though. I like him, but I just don't know how good he can be.
1: I am uh, not a huge reddish fan from what I saw earlier in the season, but I like some of the progress. But again, I think for any of these guys to get good, they probably all need to end up somewhere else, <laughs> except, maybe ja- <laughs> except maybe Jackson Hayes, because there I think he can be a role guy on that team when you look at Ingram's development and what happened with, with Zion. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And this year, and you still have holidays, so, I mean, if Jackson Hayes is going to be your fourth or fifth option, I think he can develop into that role. Um, you know, Hachimura, I think a lot of it depends on, you know, what the situation is with Beal, and does Hatchimura end up becoming a primary scorer there over time? I, I His upside is pretty significant, I think. Uh, but defensively, he's bad. And I, I don't, you know, I, we knew that before the draft, but that pretty much played out. All right, we're going to get, we're getting to Tyler. I'm going to get to your guy, PJ Washington, here in a second. Before we do, though, we'll tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's net. This is, we have a lot of great sponsors. They're all local, but for covid We don't have a sponsor that is more important than this one right now. It's for making America clean again, M-A-C-A. No, it's not that other thing. They do a three-step cleaning process. They clean, they sanitize, they disinfect, they sterilize, they do it short-term, they can do it long-term. Why do you need to do this? Because everybody's afraid to walk in anywhere, especially you see these spiking rates in Florida. So get your place clean, sanitized, disinfected, and sterilized so that when everybody comes into your residence or your business, they see that certificate and know that it's been cleaned by professionals. Okay? You're not just hiring somebody off the street to do this. You're calling this division of Greenview. It's a division of Greenview Construction and Restoration. Again, it's MACAinc.net. That's M A C A I N net. Our guy, Christopher Tyson, again, big dolphin fan, heat fan. MACA has been trained with and holds certificates for bacterial, viral, fungi, and mold cleaning treatment. So they'll take care of everything. With your business again, one more time, it's maca m a c a i n c dot net. All right, let's get back to this now. So, we're out of the top 10, and I think so far we agree the only guys that we would definitely take ahead of Tyler are Zion, Ja, probably RJ, mm-hmm. maybe DeAndre or Darius, and then after that, I'm a you, maybe
0: on Culver still, but you're
1: a maybe on Culver.
0: Hero was been I, in Culver this year, for sure.
1: Right. I, and The other four, though, Kobe White, Jackson Hayes, Hachimura, and Reddish, I would take Tyler. So I, I think worst case, we're saying Tyler Hero is the sixth pick of this draft so far. All right, so let's get to the next one. This was the one that went totally off the board. This was a James Jones pick, which was ca- Cameron Johnson out of UNC yeah. to Phoenix. This was originally Atlanta's pick. He is a shooter. Um, and he did shoot 40% from three this year. Played 20 minutes a game. Didn't really make an impact in other ways, though. So
0: did I mean, James Jones draft James Jones?
1: Pretty much. I mean, that, that's what happened. I mean, there are more dimensions to Tyler's game than Cameron Johnson's game, right? I mean, Tyler can create off oh, the no, dribble. No, no, Cam no. Johnson's not doing that.
0: No. Cam Johnson so, is, a, is a straight shooter. I mean, the guy is definitely going to be a really good shooter for years to come. Like, I think there's no doubt about that. I just don't even know, like, if there was at least he has a, a little, he has a defensive profile like he like he could get there. It's just he, he's behind in that aspect too, which mm-hmm. is not great because it's like, are you going to learn that in, in Phoenix, where they're they're historically not good at defense? And like, what was the last time the Suns were good at defense or were or, or even <laughs> you know relevant? Has that it? has
1: that ever happened? I don't even know. I mean, the Barkley teams were pretty good defensively, even though he wasn't. I I can't. I mean, it wasn't the seven seconds or less teams. <laughs> I I mean, it hasn't. I, again, he's a limited player. Tyler's better. Let's move on. The one guy you want to talk about is Tyler's former college teammate, who I was impressed with when I saw him against the Heat this year. And actually, numbers wise, he played more minutes than Tyler. Uh, he shot a better percentage from the field than Tyler. He averaged about the same amount of points per game, a little bit more on the rebounding end, and which makes sense because he's a bigger player. Uh, assists were about the same Win shares were higher and that's PJ Washington in Charlotte. Um, you like him better than Tyler still.
0: I might. Right. Like, and again, I'm saying this as if like trying to be objective. Cause at the end of the day, if we, if we were to do a redraft, I just don't know if I would end up actually picking these guys over here. There's a little bit of a bias over already. I love watching him. I think he's so far ahead of what we all thought. Uh, he was when when he got drafted he's so much more than just a spot-up shooter and I think he's going to be honestly a a perennial 20 points per game score maybe higher and just somebody fun to watch but PJ Washington is a two-way kind of power forward I think he's almost like Paul Millsap except also with a little bit of playmaking ability like the guy is Mm -hmm. the guy is smart very clever uh on both sides of the ball and was even like one, he was one of the only guys that I that I really liked for the Heat at that pick, as far as just like kind of fits all the, all of the needs, because it it would have made sense, positionally to to have him developing in the wings to then play him later, as somebody who could play next to Bam, right? But he was awesome for Charlotte this year. He was probably their second or third best player behind Devonte Graham, I think. For a rookie to put up, you know, almost forty six from the field, thirty seven from three, I think it's awesome. I mean, he was a great defender, good, good as a playmaker. I think he fit. He, he's just a, a a really good prospect for for that value and and the two way stuff. I'm always gonna lean two way mm-hmm. over offensive only guys. And not that Hero won't ever be a good defender, but I would definitely. I think PJ is going to be a better defender for his whole career than Hero is. So maybe. But
1: I, I, I wonder it. who the Heat would have taken if both had been there, because the, the, the Kentucky connection, obviously,
0: there was some rumors um, that they liked them, right? They, they did
1: like, like, they did like him. I wonder, I wonder if they had to make that call, which call they would have made. I mean, I think if you look at their roster construction, um, you could make the argument for Tyler, yeah, because you at the time you need another know, shooter. You really didn't know what you had with Duncan. And so I think that they probably still lean Tyler. I think he has the personality that they wanted, but I think they would have thought long and hard about PJ Washington. Like if, if I look at the other guys that were a little bit ahead here, they wouldn't have taken Cam Johnson, maybe Reddish, maybe. I don't think they take Hachimura. He doesn't fit culture-wise. I don't think they take Jackson Hayes. I don't think they take Kobe White. I, I, so to me, the, the only guy I think that was ahead who they might have taken there would have been PJ Washington. That, that's, that's the one. I'm with you right now. I think it's close. I think a lot of this is going to be determined on whether Charlotte ever gets good. P.J. Washington may not play in any meaningful games for a long time. Tyler's going to. I, and that's going to increase his confidence like we've talked about. It's a broken record, but I think that plays into it. All right, so then Tyler goes 13. So let's look at this the other way because when that pick was made, and here's the numbers on Tyler this year, 41% from the field, 39% from three, Better at home, of course. Thirteen points a game, four rebounds, a couple assists, one win share, um, and it's Vorp, I know it's not a number we really look at, but he was pretty much flat. Uh, but obviously, a contributor to a team that was a surprise number four seed so far in the Eastern Conference. But when he was picked, I think you were on this podcast that night. The Miami Heat beat guys all said they were oh, never yeah. watching a basketball game again, <laughs> including Nakias, including Christian. It it's was like the worst start Hawks beat. It, right, it was the worst. Well, pretty much, Johnny started Raptors beat. Um, it was the it was considered to be a horrible pick because of other guys who were available. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's look at the other guys who were available and what they did. Romeo Langford made no contribution to the Celtics this year, yep. but again, they're loaded. They're,
0: they're very deep. Yeah,
1: they, they're they're loaded. But he only played. He played twenty. He only played three hundred minutes the whole season. I mean, Tyler played thirteen hundred. Okay, Sekou. Who that was, that I, was everybody's th- guy. That was the one everybody wanted. And totally. I, I will say this, in Detroit, um, he came on at the end of the season yep. when when the injuries happened. But the overall – and I like the upside, but the overall numbers this year, 39% from the floor, 29 from three, 20 minutes a game, six points a game, three rebounds. I mean, the overall numbers are not overwhelming. I know he played better mm-hmm. later in the season. I get it. Um uh I can never pronounce his name but Chuma Okike. uh Okiki or, like, Okiki sorry I okay I think D- did not play this season. Um Alexander Walker um didn't played but didn't play particularly well shot 33% from the field. Uh then you've got a couple of guys uh Goga I can never I can't pronounce his name either Batatsi Batatsi thank you you're better at this than me. Uh then Luca Samantic uh Samantic, uh played one game.
0: Oh, um, here we go, Matisse Thybul.
1: And Matisse Thybul,
0: that's an interesting one right there. Um, really high on him. I'm really high on
1: him. And he, yeah, he played pretty well this year, and he got some minutes. Um, and then the next one is Brandon Clark, who Nakias oh, loved, oh, and man, Nakias, and Brandon Clark drafted by OKC, but he ended up in Memphis. Uh, sixty sixty two percent. From the field, forty percent from three on a surprise Memphis team averaged twelve six. Basically, he took what he did, and he had a huge win share. In fact, according to Basketball Reference, he had the highest win share of any rookie this year. Um, basically, he, he really took what, he took what he did in college and just translated it one hundred translated one hundred percent to the pros. When so
0: everybody questioned what what it was gonna look like in the league
1: right because everybody was like he's a he's already a finished product there's no upside there's nowhere for him to go um he, he
0: was a center in, in in college and he's playing uh four mm-hmm. in the league because he's a small he's small i think he's like six eight but he, yeah he's somebody who might go I think in a lot of people's redrafts will go higher than hero or will be right there with him because he was is awesome. he the only
1: is he the only one though is he? Because I'm, I'm with you. Probably right now he would, but is he the only one? Would Langford go higher? We haven't seen. No, enough. no, 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 definitely not. W- w- would would Seku go higher? No,
0: just because Hero showed so much, I think people would would say they maybe still like his upside. But mm-hmm. like, I, I, still like Seku's upside. I'm, I was as somebody who really wanted him on the heat. I was glad to see him prospering in Detroit towards the end of the season. So I still would think he's going to be a good player in the league. Uh, but no, I don't. Clark, I think would be the only one left. As and then maybe some people make a case for Tybo. It's a preference thing because I think Tyball maybe mm-hmm. is what, you know, a hero is on offense. Tybo is on defense. They're both, right. he is extremely advanced. Watching him play defense is like, it's like art. It's, it's, if you just focus on him on a, on a given defensive possession, I know I sound like a nerd right now, but my Lord, he's just everywhere. His timing is ridiculous. He knows where to have his arms. Like he, it's, it's a he's got one. he's got he's
1: got a great he's got a great nickname too, Mathief. Um, which is a which is a great wow. nickname for the offensive player. It's really good. So I right, so look let's look so Grant Williams played some in Boston, but I like the other names that I heard on draft night, the only two that we have not mentioned were Nasir Little, um, mm-hmm. and the other one was Kevin Porter, who yep. went thirtieth, that a lot of Heat fans liked. Uh, He shot 44% from the field. He played 50 games, 44% from the field, 33% from three, 23 minutes uh, a game in Cleveland. Like I I feel, and and talking to people who cover that team, they think he's going to end up being their best player.
0: I was going to say the same thing. I think it's going to be either him or Garland, but I, I really think it could be either one of them. Like I think they might be the duo for the Cavs going forward.
1: Like better, better than Sexton, I think. Even yeah. though Sexton made progress, like I, I don't like I well, like you talk the
0: best of three for sure, but obviously these you know these guys are rookies.
1: Right, but I'm saying, but in terms of upside, and and like you said, I don't know that Sexton and Garland can play together long term. So all right, so let's so let's redraft it. So one we more had thing. Yes. one more
0: guy that we that who we haven't mentioned who got drafted a little bit later, uh, 41. Yeah, Eric pastoral from the Warriors. Yeah,
1: he did, he did, but I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make. I mean,
0: no, I just think he will go probably like 10, 11 in a redraft. Yeah,
1: he probably would. I mean, Carson Edwards was a guy a lot of people liked who went to Boston. He didn't play much this year. But Paschal is tough to evaluate because, you know, they, they were so bad and not playing for anything this year. The other one, though, we should mention is Bull Bull because oh people, were, people were pissed about that because, you know, the Heat could have taken him instead of Akpala, of course you know, did not play, you know, very much this year. Although we're we're hoping, uh, you know, can I give this away? We're getting KZ on the pod this week. That's the hope anyway. So we're going to talk to him about his progress. But there were a lot of people that wanted Bull Bull and Bull Bull didn't play this year. The level um, of
0: anger, Ethan, on that night between mm-hmm. drafting Hero over all those guys that everybody else wanted. Because people were were actively, like, rooting for Kevin Porter and for Seiku and for Nierstead Little and these other guys. And then on top of that, Having bowl bowl and then trading him, I just the anger that night was honestly just the highest I've ever seen. Twitter, as far as I can remember right now, because it was and just, they were wrong, and they were wrong. We were so wrong. I think it's like it's never gonna get to that point ever again. Just because,
1: just because they did it two years
0: in a row with Bam and Hero, and I'm not yeah. taking myself out of that because I I questioned both of those picks. I wasn't angry. Questioned,
1: but people were not as angry about Bam. Uh, there was were, they questioned the Bam pick, but yeah. there wasn't an obvious choice after him. You know, and and they, you know, I think people did want Donovan Mitchell, but he was gone Mm -hmm. and there wasn't an obvious choice. Whereas with the hero pick, some of these names, I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. was being talked about for, you know, weeks as a possible heat pick. PJ Washington was already gone, but some of the other guys, I mean, particularly, I mean, Bull Ball was mentioned. Brandon Clark was mentioned. Nasir Little was mentioned. So some of these guys came up, and it, it was okay. – and, and Sekou, of course, that's the big one. And so there were other players there that Heat fans at least heard of. And Hero, if you go back to the projections, was supposed to be between 21 and 25. Um, yep. And, and, you know, the whole short arms thing. But if you redraft this thing, okay, we had him sixth in terms of the players who went 1 through 13, which is which is where he went. And we're saying Brandon Clark ahead of him, so push him seven. Maybe Kevin Porter Jr., so push him eight. Maybe P.J. Maybe – well, P.J.'s already ahead of him. So oh, – oh, yeah, yeah P.J. Yeah. too. Sorry, so basically we have him ninth? At
0: around – at about there, yeah.
1: Okay, so they, they didn't overdraft him. They
0: That's about they, what we what we did uh, – where we had Justice and Josh when we did a redraft for that year. Mm-hmm. I mean – they they keep getting value. They keep getting. higher Josh, value. I think, was even
1: higher than that. If you go through some of the the metrics there, Josh should have been a top five pick in that draft. Probably and and uh, you know ahead of justice, but he should have been a top five pick in that draft. I mean, that draft's awful though. Take a look at that draft again. I think Jokic was the guy who's supposed to go first in that draft. If you re, if you re uh, confirm, no, was that the Towns draft? It might have been the Towns draft, right?
0: No, but that's the same draft. Townsend the same and draft. in
1: the same draft. Same draft, yeah. So, I, so again, the end story here is that even where he is right now, even if you're concerned that he's doing too much off the court and all the rest of this stuff, Tyler Hero was a top 10 pick this year. I mean, they basically landed without, without tanking, which everybody wanted them to do, they landed a, a guy who I think would be considered a consensus top 10 pick. And then they added Kendrick Nunn, who, if you threw him into this mix, I know it's not his draft class and he's older, but if you threw into him in this mix, uh, Kendrick Nunn would would be top fifteen. With oh, no script. doubt.
0: I mean, he's another guy who was considered a top five rookie of the year candidate. So right. yeah, for sure, he. Would, I think he would be definitely around the lottery. It's just the only reason that he wouldn't be hired is because of his age, of course. But yeah,
1: yeah, but that's that's it. So and they, they did got good. Duncan
0: too, who's even more of a rookie, <laughs> so, right? Just because he's younger, but.
1: Right. So, I mean, this, uh, people joke about it, how the Heat, you know, talked about Derrick Jones Jr. might have been a first-round pick. Take a look at some of those drafts. Derek Jones Jr. would have been a first-round pick. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> some players in this draft. This is a pretty good draft, actually, if you look back at it. But there's some players in this draft we haven't seen yet. But there's also some players that I don't know that are going to amount to that much. And they or, got, they're, like, or they're going to be limited.
0: They, they legit, like the Derek Jones Jr. thing was almost kind of like tongue-in-cheek because it's like yeah, we see that he could be a, a, a nice player. They got him out of nowhere. But Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn were absolutely playing like lottery yes. picks. More yes. than just first-round picks. They were playing like lottery picks. I don't think anybody can doubt that.
1: Well, but you uh, couldn't argue it when you were watching them play against the Knicks and playing against their actual lottery picks, and Kendrick Nunn was out playing R.J. Barrett.
0: Exactly. And- they, they build out a young core without having to do really any of the other the things that these other teams are doing. The right. only thing that you would say, I think the only the criticism that would be lobby to the heat nationally and this has this has more to do with the fact that they're just so competitive that that they can't ever really get into that top five but without the top five pick every once in a while you don't get those elite prospects and even without that Hmm. bam is pretty much that like bam is right as as close as you get to one of those elite prospects without without being one. i guess if we we still don't want to consider him that he's already going to be a perennial star and like i said they got the you know lottery pick production right away from these other guys they basically have a you know, the uh, comparable young cores with these other teams that have been drafting in the lotteries for years.
1: It's amazing if you look at it, considering that the whole knock against Pat all these years was he didn't want to draft and he didn't draft well. And, you know, now I I don't think it's just Pat. I think it's a lot of other people, and that's why they've retained people like Adam Simon. That's why Chet Kramer is still in the building, even though he's supposedly retired. But I just think when you look at this, I mean, look at the – I'm looking at the BAM draft right now before we go. But, you know, right now in win shares, this is according to – this is pretty remarkable. This is according to – you know, I know people don't love this stat with, with basketball reference, but in terms of win shares, Bam Adebayo is first in his draft class. First. Mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo, Jared Allen, Jason Tatum. Now, I know people will say – and John Collins, Donovan Mitchell, people say it's a flawed stat if you have Tatum third and Mitchell fifth. But Bam is certainly a top five player in that draft. I don't think there's any question. And No, no doubt. And so they got him at 14 – they got Hero at 13 when he, I, we think he's a top eight or nine player in his draft. So they did pretty good. All right, we're going to do some episodes uh, coming up this week. Like I mentioned, we're probably going to have Casey Akpala on the podcast. We're also going to talk uh, about the Iguodala-Winslow trade. We're going to revisit it. We're going to talk about the schedule when it comes out. Looks like we're going to have basketball. And also, we'll do Floors Yours again this upcoming Thursday night. Thanks for everybody who checked that out. FiveReasonsSports.com is free. And we're going to be building out this podcast, too. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go.